Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Today is Monday, June the 21st. We are back in the studio, rocking and rolling, episode 97. We're going to get into this conversation around a Father's Day hangover. Let's get into it. So this episode is dropping the day after Father's Day 2021. And if you're anything like myself, you are feeling some kind of way. So I was trying to pinpoint how I actually feel and put it into words. And so before I jump into that, I want to let you know if this is your first time listening to the show, Jay Nicole, the grief bully. And unfortunately, February 14th, 2019, I lost my father to stage four lung cancer. And so I've been on this journey. I've been navigating. I've been super open and honest with each and every one of you, just telling you, where I've been on this journey, where it's taken me, what I've grown through, what I've struggled with, and just kind of everything in between that. And so in preparation for today's episode, I actually told you all last week, we were going to talk about another grief model, talking about the dual process model. And last week, we talked about Dr. Lois Tonkin's model. And I was going to get into that today, not realizing that the next episode would actually fall around that whole Father's Day time. So and just in, in honor and, and in service to you all, to the bereaved community who can be struggling in this area, which I know a lot of folks that follow me on social media, we've had these conversations. And I know that there's a lot of folks who do have to combat this. And although it's technically just another day on a calendar, it's still a day that's heightened. And for people who are bereaved and dealing with loss, not all of us are created equally and neither is our grief. And so what may not bother someone else might be super detrimental for others. So I never want to just speed past and not acknowledge where someone could be. And so if you're not burdened or you do not have an issue when it comes to loss of a father, you could be a father who lost a child or you could be a spouse to someone who's a father that lost a child and you're you're with them as well because I just think in general when we deal with child loss the parents that are involved the grandparents and so any holiday when it comes to celebrating a person a loved one I think is just multifaceted so we're gonna just kind of dive into this and see where it takes us so how I'm feeling right now just to to register that it's like okay This isn't the first Father's Day. This wasn't the first. This isn't the first. At the time of recording, it hasn't come yet. So I'm leading up to what that can be like. And currently, I'm just feeling like eating a lot of candy and stuff. I I don't really feel what someone might say sad, but I definitely feel off. I I don't feel fully myself. I don't have that extra spark and drive that I usually would have could just be also other factors. So I don't want to always say that my emotions are tied to my grief per se. But then on one hand, I kind of think it could be because it's always there. And we talked about that last week as well, that the grief itself doesn't shrink or disappear. We actually grow and we expand 
and then our grief is there, but it's it's not always gnawing at us, if you will. And so I kind of feel like it's 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 chilling. If you want if you want to use that for for a lack of better terms, my grief is kind of chilling. It's letting me know it's there. We're kind of hanging, but it's it's not on the front stage. It's not blaring. It's not just punching me right in the mouth right now. I think part of that is because I am learning and I've learned to trust myself with my emotions. And so what I mean by that is sometimes if we can feel ourselves getting sad or feel ourselves starting to be impacted, we can then exert an extra amount of energy to prevent ourselves from sitting in those emotions. And so rather than do that, I just sit in the emotion. So in my opinion, although it could be painful, it's less energy being put into something where I could just say, hey, I I feel sad or I think I want to cry, let myself cry. If I try to fight that and I try to just kind of escape it, I think that can be more detrimental and cause more damage and take more out of you, quite frankly. And I don't know about you, but after the last year and a half that we've been through and everything else that we just go through on a daily basis with our jobs and our families, I don't I don't want to put extra energy out there. And I want to become more explorative when it comes to my grief and, and let my curiosity carry me. So I don't have a real definition as to where I exactly I am, except for I feel like the grief is just chilling. I think that, for example, today I had to go to CVS and pick up a couple of things. So I know that the card aisle is just way more blue than it normally is. And so that's signifying it being Father's Day and there's Father's Day cards and and all of this stuff like that. And I just try to bypass it. I had to get a graduation card for my godson. And I just it, it was honestly like I put like the blinders on on the sides of my eyes and I just I was just doing complete tunnel vision I'm not even seeing the words Father's Day and Dad and all of this stuff I'm just going right to the graduation card and getting that and and getting the heck out of there and then I had to we do have other fathers in my life that we celebrate I have a father-in-law my uncle and such like that my brother is a father and so I don't like to just completely blank on the holiday but I definitely definitely subscribe to the bare minimum and I'm sorry I could be hating but sometimes it's a little tough I've been leaning in a little bit more and so that's bringing me to another another point that I want to talk about because I don't want to talk only about my grief and where I am on this journey but a friend of mine I'm going to say shout out to you Nick Mack we'll we'll use a an alias here and she raised a great point the other day and she was going looking at Father's Day cards and all that stuff, I'm assuming. And she said, hey, she needs to partner with like Hallmark or someone like that and come up with a new card line. And I wish I could remember offhand. I think it was like something about the the in-between was the name of the line that it would be. I wish I knew exactly what it was. But her point was that you go and you look at some of these cards. And this is for people who's dealing with grief when it comes to Father's Day, but not because their father isn't alive, but because of their relationship and just how it is. And so a lot of these cards are like, Dad, you're so awesome. You're the best tool, man. Here's a beer and just enjoy and flipping burgers on grills and all these funny looking characters and all of that stuff. Or it's super duper deep, like, thank you so much for being the best father. You were there for every pivotal moment in my life and things were just grand. 
And to be quite honest, that's just not everybody's story. And I would probably say from the people that I know, and this is an unfortunate statistic, but more of the people that I know don't have those relationships that these cards depict. And so it can make you feel away. It can be a trigger like, uh, where does it really fit? And she has some different phrases that she thought would be great for the cards. And I thought they were awesome. Some of them were like, hey, I know things haven't been the best, but I love you anyway, like stuff like that. And so I thought that was really cool. And I wanted to recognize those people who are struggling around these times, not just because the person is deceased, but because the relationship could be or on on thin ice. There are so many different reasons why our relationships with our fathers are strained or even grandparents or a father and their child as well. I think it's just nothing is cut and dry and we need to make sure that we're showing representation for all of those different relationships. Is it, could it be an argument that that then advocates for unhealthy relationships? No, I think it paints a picture of reality that, listen, it's just just not how it is and that's just not everybody's experience. So I think when we're dealing with these these holidays, you just got to be open-minded to the fact that everybody is in a different place. And I always say, we're all battling something on the same battlefield, just different levels, battling different devils. And so what I can offer to you is to first offer yourself more compassion and kindness as you navigate through this, but also be open-minded to someone who is, is dealing with it because as you're hearing this episode, Father's Day would have just passed, but just because that day on the calendar moved, that person can be, as I started off this conversation, having a Father's Day hangover. Those feelings and those emotions can just still be lingering with the person. And so just like we send cards that say happy belated birthday or whatever, if you're hearing this and you didn't know what to say when actual Father's Day was there, you can reach out to a person who you know might have been impacted and say, hey, I don't have the words, but I wanted you to know I was thinking of you. Hey, I can imagine that this could have been a difficult day for you. I'm here for you whenever, just a phone call away. Small things like that. Silence can be deadly sometimes. And so it's like I know a lot of our parents said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But I think sometimes, even though you might not have the right words, maybe even making that attempt. I would actually prefer that someone says something to me and it became, could have been, I could have received it like slightly offensive just because maybe their wording was off or something. But I would say, and it's just me again, that, hey, their heart was in the right place. They thought of me, they considered it versus the fact that you say nothing. A person then makes assumptions. No one cares about me. No one cares. They just going to enjoy their Father's Day and go boating and fishing and have barbecues and do all of these things. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here trying to figure it all out. It also could be situations too where the father is incarcerated or the, the brother is incarcerated. So again, it's not just death. It can be a strained relationship. It can be distance because of that. You have someone that's away in the service. There's just so many different reasons that I think we can never go wrong with empathy and compassion. So when you don't know, just extend that. Just give that grace and try to lean into it. And so I, I just, because I said I was going to do it, I don't want to not be true. I'll give us a little introduction before I get out of here to the whole concept about the dual process and that whole thing, just so that we can 
get a little taste, right? Because you might have came back to this episode looking for that and you're like, Jay Nicole, you lied to me. Oh, you told me you were going to talk about the dual process model and you started rambling on and on about how sad you are about Father's Day and your Father's Day hangover it, hangover and all that stuff. So in my attempt to stay true, the dual process model is another theory. And I'm telling you guys, I tried to look on YouTube and find out how the heck to pronounce this person's last name and they didn't have it. So I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say strobe. I don't know. Strobe and Schutz. And if that's wrong, someone please DM me and tell me that I'm a fool. But in the mid nineties, this is when these two folks, these very highly intelligent folks, because I rock with this model came up with it. This bereavement theory suggests that grief operates in two main ways and people switch back and forth between them as they grieve. So again, it's another opportunity for us to see where we can fit when it comes to our healing and how we move through our grief versus the five stages of grief. And please, let's stop five staging people to death. But anyway, let's move on with that. And so you may have heard people talk about how grief has to be worked through or face head on. And so their theory suggests that sometimes ignoring your emotions or distracting yourself from grief is a natural way of coping with it. And so the theory also describes that two different ways of behaving is loss oriented and then restoration oriented. And as you grieve, you can basically switch between those two. And I personally definitely feel this this whole dual process model because Being loss oriented basically is the things that make you think about your loved one, like pictures or things that might make you reminisce. So especially around this time of year, again, with it just being Father's Day and such and stuff like that. So in essence, these are the thoughts, feelings, actions and events that make you focus on your grief and your pain. So that's thinking as pictures, recalling moments. So that's loss oriented. And then you've got restoration oriented. And that's Restoration oriented stressors are things that let you get on with your daily life and distract you from grief for a while. So that could be like cleaning your house or watching TV. But where that bouncing back and forth between the two can come is that you can be watching a television show to distract yourself or or something like that. And then you see a commercial about Father's Day. And so then that then becomes triggering. So then you're kind of balancing between these two restoration oriented and loss oriented and so what they basically say is that both of these are okay and they're good and I always say too that denial has a grace to it and so it's not always bad when you are kind of trying to avoid because you might need that you might not be able to take things head on and straightforward. And what I loved about this too, is that they never talk about arriving at this place of acceptance and then boom, the grief is done. You're constantly going back and forth and figuring out one day is not going to be the same as, as the other day, but it just gives you that space and grace to say, Hey, I don't have this together. And one day I feel like this and actually I feel like that, but that's okay. You don't have to be on one side or the other. We will dive deeper into this. I have a guest that I think would be great to come on the show with us soon. And we're going to dive into this topic a little bit more from a psychology standpoint and just giving us a little bit more professional insight onto this. But I just, like I said, I wanted to stay true to telling you that I was going to give you a little bit of that. So before I get out of here, always remember your grief, your healing, your way.
So no matter what I say, no matter what these theories say, no matter what people in your life say, be true to your own healing. The only thing I can say is to try, to try to not lose yourself in terms of everything that you wanted to have, but knowing that you're at least on the path, whether that be a slow progress, it's still progress. But I just, I just don't like to see people basically give up, but understand that, that if you do find yourself in that space and you're just reaching for a life raft, just try to find one thing, something greater than yourself, a why to hold on to until you're ready and fully equipped. And I always, always advocate for seeking professional help and counseling and therapy to help you get through it. If you don't know where to start, feel free to reach out to me. I'll definitely point you in the right direction. And I, and I also will have conversations with you as well. We are stronger together. We want to keep getting through this. It's been another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Episode 97. As I said last week, we're getting closer and closer to 100. It's going to be a great one. We're going to make sure that you feel loved and, and you feel supported because I am super appreciative for all of you guys rocking with me for 97 in a row. We haven't missed one. I don't intend to do so. Definitely not before we get to 100. We'll see what happens after that, guys. But thank you. Listen, if you're not already following me on Instagram, what the heck are you doing? Please go and follow me there at I underscore AM underscore J Nicole, guys. Till next time, you already know. Love and light. Peace.